0: Oh my god, so what happened just now? With my younger daughter, snuck up behind me in the basement, in the dark. She had, you know, those god-awful recorders they give to every elementary school student to teach the music. She came up, she tapped my back with that. (laughs) With
1: the long demon finger of a recorder? (laughs) Yes!
0: So that was me screaming into the microphone, I'm sorry, Katie. (laughs) Uses you, but this is like the tenth time today that I've been given a coronary <laughs> by this child. Like she's in this phase, or she keeps she sidles. She's like it's like that Seinfeld episode. She needs a box of Tic Tacs to carry around with her everywhere. I in the sh- I was about to get in the shower this morning too, and she did that twice. And what she was carrying around her iPad for her school, and I was like, "Your camera had better <laughs> not be off. Like my voice went down like three octaves. Like better not. You
1: know. The de- demon mom, demon mom voice. My B-
0: jaw un- unhinged. <laughs> I need to light some candles so- <laughs> and lock the door. That's the but- problem. Is there is no lock on the- this basement. I mean, to the outside, yes, but the inside door to the basement, there is no lock. And this has been my downfall.
1: <laughs> Listeners, all I saw. So I was, like, turned around, like, closing the door to my office. And when I turned back around, all I saw was second daughter with the biggest grin on her face. And I heard the, oh, my God. And that was it. So I didn't I didn't see the recorder. I didn't know what had happened. I just figured that second daughter had sidled on up.
0: <laughs> Number one, did you hear her say, ha-ha, your face? Yes. <laughs> Number two, did you... Did you hear her say why she came down two floors to, find, to see if I would go back upstairs with her two floors to turn the light in her room back on so she could get back into bed and then turn the light off. She had the little book light thing in her hand. No, this was just... This is my life. I am so glad I did a nice, generous pour... Of my Prismas at Wink wine.
1: Hashtag ah, not
0: a sponsor yet. This is the the Pinot Grige. And again,
1: delightful. Delightful. Uh, I myself have the Outer Sound Sauvignon Blanc, um, which I enjoy. However. How? Um, there should be no however. I thought
0: that wine was absolutely delicious. It's
1: quite good. Uh, yeah. How And I love the label. However. Labels gorge. Also based off of something you had gotten and I wanted to try, the Atelier de Sud. Oh, is from our very
0: French episodes. From
1: Han, Han, Han. That Atelier <laughs> de Sud was so good that it's now my peak. So anything oh. that... The, so this one has like a little bit more of like a tangy finish. Mm. and so Exactly. It's still, it's still quite good. It's still a good like four and a half stars. But well, it's is not it... That, uh, it's not is Outer Sounds, star. is it a New Zealand? It is a New Zealand. Right?
0: It's got that very like... Um, Tangy, fruity, New Zealand wine vibe, which I love. It's like I, my, it's my fave. It's so it's good. very
1: good. It's very good. It, but it's um, just no
0: Latelier de Sud. But
1: apparently, my uh, French roots, which I don't actually have since <laughs> I'm adopted, but my uh, <laughs> my family's French roots have somehow come through in my flavor palette. Wow, I'm glad we had a good laugh because this episode is... It's going to be some roof Uh, stoof. Let me get to the beginning. It is nothing but
0: depressing, this episode.
1: Of my notes. (laughs) So, listeners, as we teased, uh, this is our ghost episode from the second season of the Netflix Unsolved Mysteries reboot called Tsunami Spirits. Oh, Katie. Mm -hmm. Do you know what time it is? What time
0: is it? Game time? Time to introduce the podcast. <laughs> it is See, time. my laughter, Angelic. Yours, the <laughs> egg.
1: I've already told you guys that I'm a water witch. Like, this shouldn't... Why did I move to the Pacific Northwest to gather my powers? So this is not new. This is now week what? Four? This is, this is week four? four. This is week four. Listeners,
0: um, week four. Code word... Papaya. papaya i have not heard that three syllable word that i want to hear i was gonna say every woman no, just me in particular wants to hear from super husband
1: <laughs> i mean we we brought it up on a group thread and no nobody one, uh, got it i remember i've listened to several podcasts right where they start with just like a plucky dream and an idea
0: and that yeah, uh, sounds
1: familiar and then they, you know, are just like, my parents and my friends are the only one that's going to listen to this. Our friends aren't even listening to this. No, except for f- Julie. A plus Julie.
0: <laughs> our friends are listening.
1: Parents definitely no. <laughs> Papa Haas? Mama Haas. Um, Papa Haas has subscribed, but is waiting to okay. listen to them all. And I well. explained to him the flaw in that logic. <laughs> I did have a lovely conversation
0: with my great-aunt Sue today, which plays into the theme of this week's episode. Um, And then she said, the idea of a podcast sounds so much fun. That is so neat. And I said, you know what? It is fun, great-aunt Sue, who I just call Aunt Sue, and I love her so much. Here it is. Uh... (laughs) So we should have a
1: whole new subscriber. Um, Shout out to great-aunt Sue. And if uh, if great-aunt Sue wants to be our first guest. Oh, let uh, me tell you, we welcome. would be
0: lucky to have her as our first guest. But yet again, we have still failed to introduce our podcast. So hello, oh, listeners. I'm
1: hello.
0: I'm Katie. And we are bi-coastal besties bonding over wine and mysteries. And
1: this is the, the Wine Times Mysteries <laughs> podcast. Was that coming from my upstairs? That is... Here? That is from you. I don't have it upstairs. Oh, I didn't know that was coming from
0: maybe behind you. Like, maybe, maybe it was your cat. That means that there's another child
1: that's up out of bed, and I am not dealing with it today. I am not. So, this is our ghost episode. It is called Tsunami Spirits. Um, And for those of you, if that time has no meaning, or... I remembered when I saw the title of this, I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably about that tsunami. Did I was I able to put in together in my head what year it was and any details about it? No, I just oh, well okay I I just remembered because this was like
0: very close to when I had first daughter. I was like day days away. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. i was just
1: looking at the date. Holy crap! Yeah,
0: um, and then also we have friends that live in Japan. Yeah. So this and um, something that they didn't touch on but definitely came up was the um, the nuclear power plant. Failure mm-hmm. there, so that was like our primary concern because our our friend wasn't in the um, the tsunami zone, but they were obviously affected by the the power plant issues. So um, mm-hmm. and and worried about radiation. So that that was the only
1: reason that it stuck out in my mind. On uh, March eleventh, two thousand eleven, a tsunami hits the Tohoku region of Japan, which is uh, northeastern Japan, and hundreds of strange encounters have been reported since. And that's our kind of opening Chiron, and it just sets the tone.
0: Do you mind if I just summarize the next, like, 20 or 30 minutes? Just, like, real quick, because I cannot spend a lot of time on it, because it touches on every single anxiety that I have. You got it. Listeners, I'm telling you this so that you don't have to watch it, okay? And I, and I touched briefly in, or not so briefly, in another one of our episodes about how I cannot watch outer space movies where they are trapped and desperate for air. Same thing goes for underwater movies where they are trapped and desperate for air. So like scuba accidents, oh, I'm stuck in a submarine, oh no, there's only so much oxygen left. I don't know why there's so many movies like that. That that episode of Lost with Sun. Not, with Not Penny's Boat? Not Penny's Boat. That was, oh, oh that was awful not nearly as awful as this part of the episode because it was all about how they're very used to earthquakes they have obviously done tsunami drills like people knew what the deal was as soon as this massive earthquake hit um but still in this particular town um, 20 20,000 casualties 20,000 thank you it was like right and but there's still you know 2500 people i think that are categorized as missing Mm -hmm. And it's so recent and Japan being the society that it is, there were so many images that were captured on closed caption TVs and, and just security footage showing the water from the tsunami coming in. I'm trying to calm myself down while I'm talking about this and like cars trying to outrun it. And it just like overtaking buildings and it was awful. And then they talked to survivors, you know, and very often there was like a survivor, out of a family of, like, four or five. All the citizenry was out after the water had receded trying to find their missing family members and, like, how happy they were when they found them, even when they were deceased. And that usually in Japan, they cremate their deceased, but they couldn't do that here because the crematorium had been so damaged from the tsunami. So they were just having these... And they um, had no power. And there was no power. So it was just... um, I mean, I say mass graves in the most respectful way possible where each person had a casket that were being laid to rest in. You can imagine like one long ditch and it's just, you know, casket, 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 casket right. into each other. And and, they and, were
1: just... and horrifically they do mention that they were just they were put there temporarily because when yes. things were a little bit more stable, they went and exhumed them so they could be cremated. And there were just rows and rows of people there that
0: were, you know, burying their loved ones and crying. This is, I mean, emotionally traumatizing for so many, so many reasons. People's houses were destroyed. Their livelihoods were destroyed. Their families were destroyed.
1: Um, I mean, and in, in, the, the, in the footage, I just, one of the things that stood out to me was there were fires
0: moving yes, in the, the water. The fire that was on the water. So like individual things that were on fire that were getting floated in and the cars and the buses and it was just it was awful. And then of course they're showing the before and after scenes, which were devastating.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: they eventually cut to what it looks like present day, which it's not just, rebuilt. It's not rebuilt,
1: but it's I mean I feel like part partially not rebuilt on purpose. Purpose, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been eight years ish. Mm-hmm. Well, it was eight years between then and when they filmed this when they filmed thing. Yeah. And there's, you know, it. so they basically showed that it was all built up and developed before the tsunami. And then you see the afters and it's just, it's now kind of more flat and industrial and not redeveloped again. Right. It's not the, um, it's not the neighborhood with families that are living right. there. Before it had been some farmland. It
0: had been a lot of housing. Right. Um. One of the people that's talking us through this incident is, is walking down the streets and talking about how much she, she missed, like, oh, these streets used to be full of so many families and people and children. And it's so odd to be walking here. And now, you know, there's still all this construction, but no, nobody's here and the neighborhood's gone.
1: To give an overview that's not detailed, because we do want to be mindful of it twigging literally every single one of, of the things that that stress you out. We, we meet a few people. We meet residents and things like that that sort of explain that, you know, the ocean was you know the port was the life like the mother of the town and the ocean was kind of like gave them all of their we had industry this great relationship with the ocean we took care of the ocean, the ocean until took care of us exactly yeah until it came in and- so the earthquake was a 9.0 the other huge earthquakes that have hit that area uh, there was one in 1896 which was an 8.5 1933 was an 8.4 the uh, big quake in 78 was a 7.4 and the thing to know about the Richter scale, I believe, is it's exponential. Yes. It's, it's not, you know, an 8.1 is just a smidge worse than an 8.0. Um, it, you know, shoots up on an exponential curve. So when you have a 9.0 instead of, you know, a 7.4 was the last one that that got hit. It's that much bigger. And that's why the tsunami was so big. It hit very quickly. Um, because they immediately, (laughs) more mysterious noises uh, from the...
0: (laughs) I'm glad this is happening
1: while we're talking about the ghost episode. How fitting, how perfect. You know, um, they immediately ordered an evacuation, but it did hit very quickly and very hard. It was gaining force in the afternoon. And one of the big things is the earthquake hits, the tsunami hits, and then a blizzard hits. So you also have that issue as well, because everyone is soaked from the tsunami and then it's freezing so that and then there's people out it. trying to find their loved ones in right. a blizzard right and one of the people that we meet um who's one of the resident the survivors uh kazuya sasaki like he literally is going through here's where i found all of my family members bodies <laughs> and it's and how horrifying and what what they look like and their expressions it was just and then one of them, the baby it was just, they found oh. days later to give some perspective i also i did a little bit of not to step on your situation no, here but no. i did some google machining just because uh the height is something that it's you someone could tell you that the wave was 131 feet like what does that mean to me but what does not that yet. mean yeah um so i i just literally googled what are things compared to 131 feet? And there is a helpful website that literally will just put it up next to a thousand things. And it'll be like, it is one fourth of this. It is. Okay.
0: How so helpful. interwebs. Thank you.
1: So it is just a little bit shorter than the Arc de Triomphe
0: in Stop. France. Stop. So Stop. Arc de
1: Triomphe is 140 feet. Stop. The wave was 131. I can't. Mm. Nope. Mm. It is about mm, 50 feet shorter than the leaning tower of Pisa. Also com- comparable to that, so if the wave is 131 feet, Cinderella's Castle in Walt Disney World is 189 yep. feet. So it is most of the way up of Cinderella's. It's, it's you know, three-fourths of the way up Cinderella's Castle. Um, it's two bowling lanes stacked on top of each other. You think of the length of a bowling lane. So um,
0: no, see, but then you say that, and I'm like, that doesn't sound that high.
1: Well, because at first I was looking to be like, how many football fields is it? It's not a full <coughs> football field. So you're just like, huh. But when you think of it going up and down instead of left to right. Like a bowling lane doesn't feel so short if you stack it vertically. Um, It's three brachiosauruses. Okay,
0: now you (laughs) had to bust out the dinosaurs to make it real. I I did.
1: It is, again, this is not to make it sound smaller, but the Washington Monument is 555 feet. So it is one fourth of the Washington Monument.
0: This is reminding Um, me of... Was it Armageddon or the one that... Day was After like Tomorrow? Armaged-
1: the one where, like, the big meteor was hitting and... Um, Deep Impact had- or Armageddon? Armageddon stays in space. Of the Impact. Because of Deep the mining. Impact. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> and the, the reporter lady who, like, gave up...
0: You know, that one reporter lady, she was blonde. You know that one actress who was in the movie? She gave up her seat in the, like, secure station for the guy with his daughter. And so... Instead of heading anywhere to high ground, she literally went to the beach to wait for the tsunami that was going to wipe out civilization so she could just, like, stand there and be taken by the ocean. And let me tell you, that did not look like a good decision to me, A, because the impact of Deep Impact was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, so she probably would have been fine if she had just, like, gone to a mountain or something instead of going to the beach.
1: As as I think I've said previously, although I, it may have I hit the cutting room floor because, uh we tend to ramble a little bit. Um, I don't fucks with the ocean. <laughs> well, except for when you're saying that you might walk out into it. Oh, I mean, and that was going to be Yeah, if, if the, if the um, election went a different way, I was just going to walk into the sea. Yes. Um, but I don't fucks with the ocean, man. Like there's things in there that we don't still That's don't true. know. That's true. Um, you know, have you seen like the, like super deep sea angler fish with the fucking teeth and the little light? Oh my goodness. So yeah. I don't fuck with the ocean, right? Mm-mm. So I'm kind of trying to nutshell it a little bit because, you know, we. one of the residents that we meet says he found out the next day that 54 of his coworkers had died. Like like we said, people couldn't have funerals. Uh, one of the first people we meet is Tayo Kaneta, who is the monk, the reverend that we meet and who kind of becomes kind love of the main him. storyteller of our story. He's phenomenal. I
0: love him. I want to meet him. I want to hang out with him. If I could choose... One person to have a beer with from this episode. Actually, it probably wouldn't be him because he's a monk. I don't think he does that.
1: I mean, mm, monks make wine. Some of them do. I don't know if Buddhist monks. So he uh, it h- grew up in the Sudai Temple. Um, he's from that area. You know, that's where he is the reverend. And uh, he s- kind of sums up the disaster as, um, especially once the snow starts to hit, why is nature being so cruel to those that are already suffering? And I say reverend, I don't know if that's the right term, but that's definitely what they use in the episode, so that's what I'm going to go right. with. There we go. So yeah, so he's saying that you know he grew up in sudai Temple, he went to college, then to monk training, and he said nothing could have prepared me for this. So three months later, we're in June. Um, we meet uh, Shuji Okuno, who is a journalist who also gathered a lot of these stories, um, and it was the author of the book Stay Near Me, which I assume is gathering all these stories. And we also start to hear some of these stories. So for example, the first story we hear is actually in the cold open that, you know, someone runs into somebody and they say, who are you? And the person that they think they're talking to says, I'm at the bottom of the ocean. Am I dead? That is chilling. Yes. Um and that seems to be the common theme of a lot of these ghost stories is uh they're just they seem like people who are lost and they're right, people kind who of... are confused. They don't either don't know where they
0: are, what happened to them, or just like what they're supposed to be doing, right? There were there were tales of people showing up on um temple. Or did he live the, next the, to the, the temple?
1: The Sudai temple, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, who were just wet completely wet and dripping and the reverend's wife would
1: give them clean and dry clothes. And then just kind of like, so uh, the journalist is gathering all these stories and he tells uh, two, Um, he tells the story of a, a man named Endo who visited on the day of the tsunami, visited a shelter to see if his mother was there. And while waiting and the, you know, someone at the shelter is like, let me go look. And while he's waiting, he sees an older woman wearing his mother's clothes and thinks, Oh, that's my... And looks at her and he's like, Oh, that's my mother. um, And goes to take a picture so he can send it to his family to show that she's fine. And then sees the picture and it's not her. It is a complete... It's a woman he's never met. And he finds out that while he was at that shelter, his uh, his mother was on a bus that was swept away. Another one is that uh, another woman in Ishinomaki, which is the town, she lost her three-year-old son in the tsunami. She had a toy train of her son's in the, in their house. Um, one evening they're about to go to, they're about to sit down to dinner. And for whatever reason, she's compelled to say, you know, her son's name, like, Hey, come to dinner. And the toy goes off. It's like a little electronic toy.
0: Right. And he said that there was, um, it was a a switch. Switch, There was no, but it was also under a cover. So Mm -hmm. it's not like it's just going to randomly go off and it was in the off position so sad to hear that story too but then the mom saying it made her feel so much better because it made her feel like her son was still there with her so i'm glad she got some comfort for that but man both of those stories just right and i mean the thing with the mom too i was wondering like i mean do you think it was her spirit trying to go back to the son or do you think it was her spirit trying to be back where she thought she should have been this thing was i mean oh
1: that was just the way they did the camera work too I, I was like i think i audibly went ah yeah the reenactments in this one are kind of second like next level yeah of um there's i mean they're they're all of them are just so melancholy obviously but there's just it's just it has a tinge of creepiness because it's just like is that my mom no it's not yeah you know and i feel like the reasoning there might be like she's She's getting washed away. Her spirit reaches out to her son. Uh, Another one uh, is kind of the one that you mentioned, that a woman is cooking. She hears a knock. It's a soaking wet person is at her door. She goes to get the person clothes, um, closes the door, and uh, we hear another knock, and the the drowned lady just keeps coming back. Um, Again, everyone just kind of seeming lost. So we meet this woman, Concho who she believes that some people can see ghosts. She says that she's always been able to see ghosts since she was young. Um, She used to think that everyone could see the dead. um, And then she realized it was just her. Yeah. So she's actually who I'd want to have a drink with. Okay. I got (laughs) you. you. (laughs) In this episode. Yeah. And
0: also they showed a picture of when she was a kid in like the little traditional Japanese outfit. And she had these little round cheeks. Oh, she was so
1: adorable. So she says... um, that the ghosts are lost souls who don't know where to go and want to ask for help. So yeah, none of these ghosts are aggressive. None of them are um, scaring people. And the overwhelming response is very much that people want to see them and that they're comforted by them and they want to help them, which um, you know is a different take on a lot of you know usually when you hear a ghost story like. A ghost somewhere is going to get angry. <laughs> I will haunt you.
0: Yeah, and they talked about I, that some of it, you know, one of the theories was that it's just the difference in the way culturally they view life mm-hmm. and death and that they viewed death as, like, the, the rice paper walls that they have in mm-hmm, a lot of the shoji doors. And so, you know, if someone crosses to the other side of that door, you can still see them, and they're still there. Right, it's just... Right. They're there in a different form, and so instead of being scared of a lot of these ghosts, they are, like you said, they're comforted by them. Um, And they're there because the ghosts are there because they want to be comforted by you. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, that sounds a lot nicer than this ghost got Grudge (laughs) taking it out on me. Which is interesting because Japan has some of the
1: scariest ghost movies, like The Grudge hmm hmm and The Ring. Oh, um, yes, so at one is. point we do, actually, and on that point, we do meet Dr. Kiyoshi Kenabishi, who's a sociology professor at Tohoku Gakuen University, and he's also the author of the book uh, Post-Disaster Spirituality, which dovetails nice, nicely into this. And at one point he does say that he doesn't really believe in ghosts, but the way he phrases it is so um, kind and polite. It's not the way that people it's are just so like, respectful. I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, it's so, so like, respectful. he's like, he's just like, I'm not the type of person that would be able to see them, you know? And he's like, but some people do, you know? And it's just, it's so kind. Cause Mm -hmm. I just, I, there have been people in my life who've just like treated anything that you, if you believe in anything, you believe in tarot cards, anything spiritual, tarot cards, crystals, anything like that, which, I mean, I know we make fun of the fact that I have crystals all over my house, but whatever. Um, (laughs) I love your
0: crystals.
1: (laughs) But, you know, treat it, derisively and no, everyone is so kind and respectful in this. I know a lot of that is Japanese culture. Um, but yeah, so Dr. Kinabishi does say that, um, that culturally Japanese people, and he does say, unlike Americans, they don't really <laughs> seek out grief counseling. And he thinks that the reason behind that is so that they don't forget the dead. So a lot of this is like remembrance and keeping um, the dead close. Right. And this and idea they- that, yeah, you want to keep them close to you. And that if you go to counseling, if you work through a lot of these,
0: issues whether trauma grief or or whatever they don't want to run the risk of not being able to see this person which is sweet and sad all all the same time the other thing that he mentioned was that this particular area of japan is the least developed area and it kind of has the highest cultural acceptance of ghosts and people who can see ghosts as part of their everyday lives and not out of the ordinary
1: Which which i thought was interesting and he does bring up that the presence might help the community as a whole cope with the PTSD. Um, and he thinks it's very specific to this community because he does mention that after the Great Hanshin Earthquake, after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right, right,
0: right, right, right. You
1: don't have this huge rise in ghost sightings. So it's not universal. So if something's happening, if it is like kind of a collective community thing, it's more central to Ishinomaki and this Tohoku region. You know, it's it's not every Japanese person is going to start seeing ghosts when they go through this huge trauma. Cause you'd think after something like Hiroshima, if this was a typical response, you'd see it there. And that's not the case. So, uh, another couple of ghost stories. So Kansho, the woman who said she could see ghosts. And I actually do want to kind of (laughs) take a little huge sadness break. So she did say, um, she used to think that everyone could see the dead. And then she was like, Oh, it's just me. Cool, Cool. Cool. I have, I have a similar <laughs> tale, but it's not about seeing the dead. Oh, um, this was recent that I like <laughs> maybe within the last five years. So when I was growing up, I thought like it, it's still to this day. When I wake up, my fingers don't work to their full ability. I can't really grip a pencil. Um, it like it feels oh, like yeah. there's cotton. It feels like You've talked cotton. about this. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It feels like there's cotton in my knuckles. It doesn't hurt and i've asked doctors about it and they say it's not arthritis um but it's literally like it takes a while and like my if i try to make a fist like my fingers will shake a little bit with the effort and then it just takes you know maybe like 15 minutes and then i'm fine and i honestly thought that was like how human bodies worked that everyone's joints and things and like your body was waking up so like right away you couldn't just pick up a pencil and start writing i remember it I think it was my brother. I was just sort of like, Yeah, you know how you can't do that. And he's like, No. <laughs> That's just you. And I was like, That's a very what? brotherly response. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, this is the same brother. Um, this did end up on the cutting room floor, so I will bring it up here. Um this is the same brother that farted on my face when I was five <laughs> and burned out my sense of smell. Um, you know. Brother, brotherly love. So I just remember him being like, no. He's like, that's something's wrong with you. Um, so yeah. And so I, you know, I, and I've asked doctors about it, and it's not arthritis. It's not because I crack my knuckles, although I do. Oh. Um, well, I didn't know you had a thing about that. I'm sorry. I'll cut that out. Um, no, but, no.
0: Leave it in. Let everybody hear.
1: But the ASMR my fixed at your body. You guys, uh, I do follow many chiropractors on Instagram. <laughs>
0: I don't know if you know this about me. I follow so many chiropractors. So
1: <laughs> it's I'm basically it's... <laughs> an osteopath. Some people enjoy ASMR. That is my ASMR, and they have so many followers that I'm not alone. But anyway, oh, whatever. So... I, I follow Doctor Pimple Popper. It's fine. Who... It's healthy. is normal. Who... <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch Extractions, so here, here's where we differ. But yeah, so for the longest time, I just thought this was something that everyone experienced, so that was, I guess, to a much smaller degree. Cantor thought, well, obviously everyone can see ghosts, like this is normal, until someone like, was like, no, just <laughs> No, you. no lady it's not. So her story is, um, she was stopped by a group of men who didn't know they were, she says they didn't know they were dead. She could tell because she says uh, ghosts have a look to them, that they look slightly transparent. Okay, hashtag um, this
0: is 40 needs to come back and make an appearance because she's a full-blown adult, and I get that we're in Japan, but single lady <sighs> out driving by herself at night sees a group of men, and she's like, I'm going to stop and talk to these dudes. Well, no. she saw that
1: they were ghosts. She could tell. I, uh, yeah. So she says that they didn't know that they were dead. She says that she said, asked, stopped and asked them what happened. And one of them said, "I want to go home, but I'm lost." Oh, that's and she sad. said she stopped and talked to them and told them what had happened. Um, so we also learn here from Dr. Kanabishi that a lot of the tales that are the most believable from this time are those of taxi drivers because they have—they're um, not going to run their meter if their car is empty because they're—they have to—they're responsible for that money. So they like keep getting these ghost fares and they drive the person to where they want to go and then the ghost disappears um the story that dr kanabishi tells is that 164 days after the tsunami in august um a 20 year old ish person wearing a thick coat gets into a taxi and the driver thinks that there's something strange about this person because it's quite hot in the summer in japan they're wearing this big thick heavy coat he uh drives the person to where they want to go and it's apparently getting dark by the time he gets there. And he turns around when he gets there and the person is vanished.
0: Of course it's getting dark. Of course it is.
1: And so Dr. Kanabishi says that many taxi drivers had similar experiences. And everyone's wondering, like, who's paying these fares? And it's warms your heart. The drivers are paying the fares. And he says many drivers also experienced loss from the tsunami and that they would welcome the ghost with open arms if they wanted rides. So sweet. And next to that, in my notes, in gigantic chicken scratch, it says, my tears. <laughs> oh, my tears. It's just, oh, my God. I was just God. kind of
0: impressed that a ghost would have the presence of mind to hail a cab and give an address. Like, there were so many that just seemed lost, right? Like, that group, right. of, the group of boys walking around didn't have the capacity to get the cab. They were just like, we don't know what to do. We're lost.
1: I mean, and, you know, maybe it's like they're all trying to get home, right? A lot of them are just like, I want to get home, but I don't know how. So maybe they know where their home is, but they don't know how to get there. So they think. Or maybe their home's gone because, you know, got washed away and they haven't rebuilt it yet. The Reverend, uh, Reverend Kaneda says the relationship between the living and the dead is like a shoji screen. So it's, you know, very thin. And he says that it's part of us. Um, And that's when Dr. Kanabishi goes that he doesn't really believe in ghosts, but there are things that we can't file away in a box and that, you know why ghost encounters can be something that can remain ambiguous people can experience them i'm sorry was there an adult man agreeing to disagree respectfully with another adult man is this brb buying ticket to japan so <laughs> here's it where we get... take you and your covid laden passport that's true uh disclaimer i i don't have covid but no just because most of the my US. country does yes yeah I did get a, a brain scratch, and boy, was that! um, It was just weird. If you haven't had a, COVID it didn't test. hurt. It's just weird. It's just weird. As in, I've never felt that feeling before. Did it, it feel like just when keeps you just stick going. a
0: Q-tip in too far? Is that what it felt?
1: No, because a Q-tip would come to here. This yeah. goes to like here. It literally. <laughs> it, it's Everyone. So she is long. pointing to a, <laughs> a part above her eyebrow. <laughs> This is a visual medium, obviously. Um, So yeah, so it's it's, the whole swab is, I'd say, longer than six inches long, right? And it's very flexible. So you think it's going to stop where your nose stops, but it just keeps going like up, I guess, into your sinuses? I don't know. And then once it's in there, they swizzle it around for 10 seconds. Swizzle is a great, great word it's the longest 10 seconds of your life and it's just very uncomfortable because like since when is anything that far up your nose so for me the right side was fine i was like cool i'm done bye and they're like no you wait to the other side too and that one because the human body is weird it hits something in my head that made me want to cough and you know what will get you a lot of really great looks at a covid testing site Um, is hacking and coughing yeah coughing um and my eyes were watering. Um, and that was literally just the left side. It was just one of those things. Um, and then I was done. So if you have to do this, don't be scared. It, it is just unpleasant. I can't handle strep tests and I handled this just fine. So proud of you. So proud. <laughs> oh, you. Um, so um, here's where we get into kind of one of the biggest stories of the episode. And it is with the Reverend Kaneda and his wife. Um, and a woman that they call Amy. Not her name. Um, comes to the door and she's kind of being carried in in the reenactment and um, she's saying that she feels many people inside of her and she can't stop them that many spirits are entering my body Um, they do interview Amy and it's always just like, like a corner of her head or like, you can't really see her whole face she says it was very painful she could feel the spirit of a girl crying the spirit of a man holding the girl's leg um, and so the Reverend Kaneda I have an angry ghost upstairs. What can I tell you, lizards? Uh, there are not up, related to a
0: tsunami, but heavy
1: footsteps. <laughs> if, if if our mics don't pick it up, it's very. uh... It's not dragging chains. Ebenezer, <laughs> bright side. Um, you will so... be visited by three ghosts. <laughs> the ghosts of ice creams not purchased. <laughs> You guys were obsessed with ice creams in our little pod that we've got so, going here.
0: So obsessed. Oh and and I total divergence. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is just a lot of trauma for me to process one episode. Gotta
1: lighten it. Gotta lighten
0: it. I okay, so Jenny's ice cream, hashtag not a mm-hmm. sponsor yet. So good. That's what we've been talking about. I had a Zoom call with somebody at work last week. Hop on the call. The first thing I noticed is she's wearing a Jenny's sweatshirt. And it was so cute. It was um, tie-dyed and like pink and white. It said Jenny's it That's a Jenny sweatshirt. And this being a work phone call, I thought the first thing she would say would be like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Or like, you know, my brother lives in Portland. I don't know, something. And she goes,
1: limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> I love this woman. She's and it's great. limited edition. That means I can't sneakily go get it for you for... Correct. Candle nights right now. Shit. Correct. Um, Correct. So I, I told Super Husband about it. And he was like, "Oh, what have to be limited edition." So we, you know, we kind of go through Amy's story of how she keeps getting possessed, and um, the Reverend and his wife are, you know, she's just susceptible to this, and the Reverend and his wife are helping. Like, like at one point, um, she gets possessed by the spirit of a little girl oh. who had been running from the tsunami, holding her little brother's hand, and he gets washed away, and she lets go. And they both die, but she's like, feels responsible because she let go of her brother's hand. So she's like calling for her mother so that she can apologize for letting go of her brother. Was and so I the crying? wife. Yes. yes. I'm not, I'm not crying. I've just been cutting onions. I was making a lasagna for one. <laughs> um, <laughs> highly recommend Fly of the concords, my darlings. Um, so, the Reverend's wife just, like, hugs her and, like, says she forgives her and, like, things like that. So they're helping Amy work through all of this. You know, whether you believe it was an actual possession or
0: not, even if it was some other issue, the the trauma that this poor woman is going through mm-hmm. is just unimaginable because it kept happening and it kept happening. And I forget how many cases there were because I was traumatized at that point. Um,
1: I don't even think they say specifically because they just say it just kept happening to it her. Kept
0: happening. And he asked her, like... Did she lose anyone in the tsunami? No. Was she like particularly connected with that area? No. Um, she before, she herself was not a survivor. It was right. just. It was it just, just for whatever reason. She she was much like our other friend who saw dead people. She mm-hmm. was just susceptible to this. And no. The story about the girl. Oh, oh God. That, killed, that was.
1: And it kind oof. of. It kind of closed. Amy's story kind of closes with her. She wonders if she's mentally ill. And um, the way that Reverend Kaneda phrases it is, you're not, you're just, I'm not going to treat you that way. You're just more sensitive to these things. Um, he says, there's a range of what humans can hear and see. And so you're just more sensitive to these things. I love that. And man. that I mean, it's he's just so kind. And um, he's also saying, so there's a, you know, there's a range of what people can hear and see. And he's saying that, like, all these things that he was doing for her, these exorcisms and, like, working through this with her, he said it was not traditional Buddhist beliefs, but I wrote this down word for word. When I see someone suffering, I feel obligated to help her rather than worry about my religious beliefs.
0: Shouldn't, shouldn't, everyone take a cue. This should be on a cross-stitch that you are just
1: looking at every single day. I want to tattoo that on my forehead. Right? He was like, I don't think my gods would be i don't think gods would be upset about that i think they'd be like good job yeah yeah (laughs) and he was like like, yeah like it was so cute like uh um and so yeah and so one another little aside uh there's a range to what humans can hear and see and in my notes it says mantis shrimp really big because have you seen it's it's older now but the oatmeal um an online comic did uh a comic about the mantis shrimp because the mantis shrimp can see like 16 times the colors we can see. I have, A, love the oatmeal. B, have not seen that one. C, did not know that. So it's just, you know, like we have like rods and cones. Yeah, they yeah. have like rods, cones, and then like unicorn horns and whatever else. <laughs> and they can see all these different <laughs> spectrums that we can't see. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that some of that might be dead people. Who knows, Who knows? man? <laughs> They're mantis shrimp. They're in the sea. Tasty. Um, and then it closes with Café de Monk, which is the cutest so cute. fucking thing. So he, so uh, Reverend Canada says, if you have coffee and delicious cake, then people will gather, which is True. If, if you build it, true. they will come. Hell yes. And so he has this little hand-painted sign that says Café de Monk. And so it's like sweet. a little place that people can basically gather and come and talk about their grief. And uh-huh. I know at the beginning they say that Japanese people don't typically seek out grief counseling, but this is kind of like what he's... It's like a community thing where people can come together and talk and maybe not feel alone in And then their they showed
0: all, pe- all these people there and talking and smiling and eating cake and drinking coffee i mean coffee and cake is the universal language this is what will
1: unite the world around coffee the little sign got me so hard the little cafe du monk That's sign so got cute. me so hard and, was, and, and then, it, i was
0: like how many times does an
1: unsolved mysteries episode actually like give you a little bit of hope you know just uh, like uh, th- th- these kind kind thank people thank and then um, it we also close that um, they do a memorial service with lanterns, uh, and so they oh. show kind of like the light lighting the paper lanterns, and mm-hmm. there's a big sign that says um, I think it's like keep going, Ishinomaki, or um, you can do it, Ishinomaki, yeah. something like that. And um, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and then they also say that people in the tsunami lost a lot of their photo albums, and that a lot of some <sighs> of them were recovered as they were cleaning up. So they show all of these like water damaged photos Those of like pictures. families and that's ki- and, and instead of a if you know where this person is go to unsolved.com it's just they dedicate it to the survivors and the victims of the tsunami so all in all a very very heavy sad episode but also just the the kindness that everyone displays that area went through so much pain and every and, you know everyone is just kind to each other yeah. and it's one of those things where like in our garbage country right now where you have people that won't even wear a mask for the sake of other people that's right and they don't you can't and, be
0: uncomfortable to keep other right, people it was, safe
1: like no 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 my freedom you know right. and over 300,000 people have died at this point um it just really we all need a little kindness and I we agree. all need a lot you know a, a little bit of people who feel obligated to help um that's Ollie coming in my door. <laughs> it uh, listeners, I am just watching Katie and having this beautiful moment
0: and then I see her door oh so very slowly creep open and it's so dark behind her. I'm like, is this the moment I see her get killed on camera? I said
1: I said that really confidently. I hadn't seen Ollie yet. <laughs> it,
0: it, there could be someone in a scream mask back there. We don't know. Is he there?
1: It's Ollie. And where I lie with this is I, um, you know, we we talked about this a little bit in the aliens episode, but I myself have not had a supernatural encounter, but I do believe in something. I mean, you believe in crystals, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I think crystals are. Pr- I think crystals are pretty, and if they will help me center myself and communicate better, and whatever not? the ones I have are, then great. And if not they're pretty there you go for me i've always been
0: a very spiritual kind of a person um and believing in the supernatural personally even though i mean i grew up in a very conservative area where there were not a lot of people at least i didn't know a lot of people who talked about that or who were open about that but we we have mentioned that texas is in your backstory (laughs) my but growing up on my mom's side of the family um my great-grandparents had a farm in Oklahoma. And uh, because my mother <laughs> because my mother loved me and my brother so much, um, there were a couple of things that we did every summer. One was in August, we would go to stay with my grandmother in Houston for a couple of weeks because that is the primo time that you want to go to Houston um, in the dead heat and humidity of summer. And we would also spend a week or two up at my great grandparents' farm in Oklahoma. And this farm was very, very old. And like I said, I was talking to my great aunt Sue today. I should have asked her how old this place is, but it's very old. Um, another fun side note, kids were not really allowed inside the house. Um, it was like, not that you wanted to be in the summer because it was very stuffy because it really wasn't air conditioning. Um, like we would sleep outside on the porch, on cots. And um, if we needed a shower, there was a hose. In the front yard. That was that was what that was. But growing up, I heard about all these ghost stories on my mom's side of the family that happened at this farm because it was so old and so many people had lived there and died there. But also, I mean, my great grandfather well, so was my great grandfather, so he's very old, but he he was born before in Oklahoma before it was a state. So he was born before Oklahoma existed and Oklahoma used to be two different kind of territories it used to be the Oklahoma territories and the Indian territories so his birth certificate actually says he was born in the Indian territories um and it's so, back to them now I mean that was like that yes big, that yes that was yes. yeah so his his ghost stories were that when he was a kid they would see um, like ghost covered wagons going out west like that was what they would see scary enough one of my other great aunts had a story that when they were staying at the farmhouse there's a little tiny bedroom in the attic and that she was sleeping up there one night and that a ghost tried to smother her with a pillow and as a result none of the other great aunts except for my great aunt sue would ever stay up in the attic and true to form she's like never bother me i don't know it's totally fine <laughs> <clears throat> love her so much <laughs> She's totally fine. She
1: has to be a guest now, and
0: she's the she is she's the best. She would she would probably be delighted. Be our highest ranked episode. Flash forward to, I meet Super Husband, but before he's Super Husband, in Super Husband's culture, there it is very acceptable that there are certain people who are very spiritual. They're spiritual conduits. They're mediums, um, and they do a lot of either deck of readings with decks of cards or tarot cards and that it was not quite so into or just like believed in until we went and um, met this one individual very highly regarded in, in his community who was known only as the godfather just joking I mean he was known as the godfather but he that was not what he was only known as but everyone just called him the <laughs> godfather um, so he stopped off there at his house one time um, and he was like a face reader and a card reader and the things this person could tell you about i mean it was it was crazy and spooky and i was like that was an experience and then um he had another family friend who had who was in town ironically enough from texas who came in and she uh she did a a tarot card reading and that was really really interesting and she Um, I mean, there was just some crazy... I had never met this woman before. She had no idea who I was. Some crazy stuff that she told me from the tarot deck. And then she was like, I don't know if you know this, but you're very sensitive to these things. And if you tune into it, you need... She's like, you can be a medium between these two worlds. But she's she's like, you just need to know unless you're properly trained in how to do it, it can be very dangerous. So you need to like... If you're going to do it, you need to make sure you're doing it the right way. And basically, like, don't play around with it. And I was like, okay, because that's not scary. Yeah,
1: you've seen Paranormal Activity. You don't just fuck around with a Ouija board. Micah! Speaking of which, so then, fast forward to when Super Husband is
0: actually Super Husband. And we we bought our townhouse in D.C. The townhouse was very old. The townhouse was over 100 years old when we bought it. When we moved into this house, like I said, very, very old. The kitchen... The last time this kitchen had been redone was probably the early 70s. The stove was ancient. It was tiny gas range and gas oven, and it had one of those really old school um, timers in the front of the stove where you'd have to push in the button and turn yeah. it, right? But from the day that we moved in, the cap and the knob on the thing that you turned, was it had always been missing. It wasn't there. And we tried to set the timer once, but... Without the knob, it was really, really hard to do. And we ended up, like, we had to use a pair of pliers to turn it. And I was like, never again. Like, nothing is worth us. We're not going to do this. Every year around Thanksgiving, this timer that we could never set ourselves because we didn't have the cover for it. And I don't even think you could buy one because, like, when did they stop making these things? In, like, 1982? That timer would go off. And it was, like, impossible for either of us to have set that timer, right? And this would only happen leading up to Thanksgiving. Yeah, you you can't bump into it if you need pliers to right, move it. Right, right. And then it graduated to not just the one on the stove, but then the microwave timer would also start going off around Thanksgiving. And I was like, you know what's nice? Again, is that this is like a helpful spirit, a helpful ghost. They don't want us to burn anything in our <laughs> Thanksgiving prep. I appreciate that. I got a lot of shit going on. Just trying to make sure that we're all taken care of. And then leading up to our last Thanksgiving that we had over there where I was up late one night, I was making the dressing. Yes, I said dressing, not stuffing. Come at me. That's fine. Dress, dressing is correct. Thank you. Super husband was upstairs to sleep. I mean, it was late, and I was finishing prepping stuff because we were going to be going to his parents um, the next day. So I was up late doing this, and it was very old townhouse, very narrow, very skinny galley kitchen on – I'm I'm at the stove. On my left is a door that goes to the outside. But like every very safe house, you had to have a key to get outside. Just saying. I didn't have the key on me. It was super late. I didn't have my keys. Um, And the other door on the other side of the galley kitchen led out into the dining room, living room area, and eventually to the front door. And that was also where the stairs were to go upstairs to the bedroom. So I'm there, and I'm up late, and I'm making dressing, and that feeling that you get when someone is watching you. And I got that feeling. And I just froze and I barely turned my head, but I looked out of the corner of my eye and I could see a man standing in the doorway from the kitchen to the living room, dining room. And it was just like a fight or flight or fight thing. And I, but I was like a deer in the headlights. I was like, if I don't move, like, if I don't move, he's a T-Rex. M- so if you
1: don't, move, maybe
0: it will stop. I, and I was terrified. There were, I mean, I was just terrified because there had been no one there then there was someone there but it was very obviously not human because you could kind of see through this person
1: it was it was not super husband it was
0: not no this was super husband is an asian male this was a black male and i was like you know what i felt terribly sexist having assumed that the thanksgiving ghost was a woman this whole time it was definitely a man I'm learning. I'm growing. I can admit it. <laughs> Got to get your gender roles for ghosts. I mean, you know. so then I like, I like looked down really quick and I was like, what can I even do? Because I can't go out the back door because I don't have the key. I can't get out the back. I can't go upstairs to get super husband or get out the front door because cause there's a ghost man standing here. Like, what do I do? Yeah. So I looked away. And then when I looked back again, ghost was gone. And so I just dropped everything and like booked it upstairs and I was just. Yelling Super Husband's name. I was like, I saw that ghost. But listeners, it doesn't end there. So when we when we moved out of that house, not for ghostly reasons, but we just needed more room we were moving to the burbs. We moved all our stuff out. We were about to list the house. We redid the floors. The floors on the first floor were maybe as old as the house. I don't know. They were really old wooden floors and they needed to be refinished. So we had someone come in after we moved out all the furniture to refinish the floors. Super husband goes back over there to make sure that the workers had taken everything back out of the house. There wasn't any trash before we went to show the house, whatever. So you have to, you go in the front door, you have to walk past the area where the floors have been redone. Keep in mind, everything had been moved out because they redid the floors. So he goes past that to the kitchen area to go down to the basement, to check the basement, to make sure that everything's gone. He comes back up. When he comes back up the top, to the kitchen timer on the stove was in the middle of the living room floor on the floors that had been completely clear earlier when he had gone downstairs. So that's when he called me frantically because he was booking it out the front door, going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! The ghost!" And then, and then, and then, it this timer, and I was like, "I was screaming on the phone." He wouldn't have missed
1: that. No, he would not have missed. No, that and he said it was. In. I'm sorry.
0: Did he say it was spinning like a top? Yes, he did. Yes. Yes.
1: Why are you suddenly in Ghost Inception? In Ghost (laughs) Inception. But also,
0: again, this ghost is just being nice. He's like, you're going to show the house. Here's the thing to make the kitchen finally come together. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Thanksgiving ghost. I appreciate the hell out of you.
1: Wow. Yeah, that wasn't like the workers found it since everything was taken out of the house. That was, it wasn't there. And then
0: it it was There. There's not a lot that makes him flustered and upset. I mean, and he was like, <laughs> I could
1: not get the words out fast enough. I'm in the car. I'm driving back. I had to leave the house. I was like, I understand. The first time I met M.M. through a mutual job we had, and then um, I had heard tell. I heard tell of M.M. on the wind because we were on different floors, different departments. <laughs> um And I think you were friends with Emily. Yeah. And so there was going to be a company, like little field trippy outing to a haunted forest, (laughs) um, which was out near where I went to high school. Um, And so I wanted to go. And so it was basically we were all meeting up. um, And that is when I met. I had met MM in passing, but this was going to be like our upgrade to friendship. That's right. That's right. This is the friendship test. Right, and this is also when I met Super Husband because I pulled in in my little Nissan Versa, which I still have. Um, Such a great car! <laughs> it's still still going. Um, so I pulled, and it was brand new at that oh, time. Oh, it was I, I hit shiny, around,
0: and this was right around the, when Heroes around. was popular. So there were a lot of Nissan okay, Versa. Okay, okay. Listen,
1: people make fun of me. Like it's Craig, if Craig's listening, make fun of me because I found out about the existence of Nissan Versas from Heroes. But I didn't get it because it was in Heroes. I, I went and test drove it because it was in Heroes. It is and a I was great like, car. This is adorable. It was a good purchase. It has lasted you a very long still, time. Still going. It is a, listeners, it is a 2008. I pull into this parking lot. It's like a field. Um, And I pull up and I see MM and I'm like, okay. And Super Husband is in the car with her. And she gets out and comes over and says hi. And I, you know, look over and. She's like, oh, that's Super Husband. You know, we say hello or whatever, but he stays in the car. <laughs> and then we're all kind of gathering, like, and we ha- are starting to head over to, because this haunted forest has, like, a big kind of, it's all outdoors, but there's, like, a big kind of lobby area where you can buy um, hot cocoa, and there's, like, costumed scary people coming around to scare people, like, bef- as you're waiting for your group to be able to go through the forest, because they spread people out, so it's creepier. Um such a great experience it's so good so we start to walk over and i'm just like hey mm is uh super husband gonna gonna join us she's just like and she's like no and i was like why like (laughs) is he like leaving and she's like no he's gonna wait in the car i was just like
0: huh yes correct he did not want to wait at the bonfires with the hot cocoa which would normally totally be his jam
1: because, because there were scary people there walking was people around to come up and scare you while you we, were waiting. So he was like, "I'm good. Awesome. I'm just gonna chill in the car and read." And I was like, "Okay." Um, and I, no judgment. I was like, "This is a dude who knows that he's not into this. Cool. He knows himself. Um, he knows himself." Yeah, and you know, and he, he didn't want to watch with his eyes. And like the haunted forest <laughs> is pretty scary. Like you have to go around haunted forest. Like, you don't just watch with your eyes. You
0: watch with you watch with your Every sense, every sense.
1: You're walking following little lanterns through a forest and there's all these different scare zones and it's quite and you, it finishes up with like dudes in ape suits chasing you with chainsaws. Yeah. And it's very scary. And you you keep hearing um, other
0: groups screaming, which is fantastic. Yep, yep, it's fantastic. yep. Very ambient. Oh yeah, yeah. Um
1: Super Husband is not the type of person to one uh seek out a ghost encounter. Nope. Nope. Nor is he one that wants any again, like we talked about, like does he want any kind of suspense or fright? Nope. So no um, no suspense, no anxiety. <laughs> yep. No thrills, so no when chills. I've brought this I've brought up like this is how I met you, and he explained to me that one of the last times he voluntarily like sought out a scary experience. Was you guys were going to was it Tower of Terror? No! Okay.
0: Okay. We were <laughs> on this doomed trip to LA with his parents post-engagement pre-wedding to get what wedding supplies from the certain area of LA. What his parents were like, we need to go to LA. And I was like, Well, if someone's telling me I need to go to LA, I guess I need to go to LA. And let me tell you why this is cursed. We were having breakfast in the lobby of the Marriott, and Some bitch stole my bag while we were having breakfast, ran out into a waiting car out in the front, sped off with it, and so I was in LA, no wallet, no identification, no cards, no nothing. We were supposed to go do a bunch of stuff that day, and then we had to deal with the police and a bunch of police reports, and- all banged up because he had tried to run after this person. So we were supposed to go do a bunch of wedding stuff that day and like fittings and all sorts of stuff and we were like, no. So we decided instead we are going to go to Universal Studios. So, which was fun. So we go to Universal Studios and we decided for whatever reason, his parents were off doing something out. Like they went to go do something we didn't want to do and so across the way from where we were supposed to meet back up with them was Van Helsing's castle. And so we were like, yeah, sure, let's just run through there. And, you know, they show you when you start, they're like, okay, no one's going to touch you. You don't have to worry about this stuff. And if there's an emergency, here's the emergency exits, which normally you're thinking, okay, there's like, you know, like an eight-year-old who's going to get a little scared and maybe you have to yank him out. Um, That would be my husband. So we go through like several like rooms or floors of Van Helsing's castle and he was keeping it together and then at one point I think it was a monkey man came out and started chasing us somewhere and he screamed and he picked me up and he started running and he just (laughs) ran straight through to the emergency exit.
1: (laughs) The reason why this is my favorite story is he did not leave her behind. No, he did
0: not.
1: (laughs) Kudos. He was already in pain from earlier trying to stop the person stealing your bag and he like just had this like like when you when when a mother can lift a bus (laughs) off her kids he's like all banged up not saying that you're as heavy as a bus I'm just saying like (laughs) but like he's in pain and he's just like not on my watch (laughs) and picks you up and it's just like we're getting out of here because usually the story you'd hear is like An asshole shoving his girlfriend out of the way and, like, saving himself, George Costanza style. But instead, he's like, me and my one true love are getting out of here. And I love it. I love that story so much. As evidence, I still cannot even think about it without cracking up. That was, like, the one bright spot of that trip. It was so awful. I can't even imagine. Was the look on your face like put me down oh my god it was, it's okay it was just like or was it like what okay, is, is happening? happening is
0: this real life what is happening at this moment in time
1: what going on? is <laughs> mo- i'm just imagining like story of your life like freeze rain record right scratch it's me hmm. i bet you're wondering how i got into I'm this telling situation. You, it wasn't like he was skimming me off the
0: floor he picked me up by the waist and like like, with both arms, and just, like, up. So I was, like, at least a foot or two up off the floor. And he was just, re- so in some ways you could think of it that I was almost a human shield. I thought it
1: was more like a, like, over-the-shoulder go-go-go. No, no, that, no, 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 no. I never no. thought bridal carry. I always thought, like, no, 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 but no more of like a- it was, like, carrying a
0: Christmas tree. <laughs> like a really big duffel bag that you can't get a hold of. <laughs> Yup.
1: Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah, so then Um so did you, just, did you just like stay stiff and like this is this is what's happening. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this very for this very sad tale, this very but a melancholy uplifting tale, bittersweet. Bittersweet. I'd say. And then our additional stories of the supernatural Get to Know Me stories a super husband. I mean, honestly, if Super Husband said the code word, maybe we'd stop talking about him. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Do you know what that man had us doing today? Sorry to interrupt again. Do you know what he had us doing today? Because today was the first day that it snowed here on the East Coast. Every time the girls had a break in their school schedule, we were running outside, desperately trying to take a Christmas card photo. (laughs) And then it turned to sleep. And we're standing out there just like, just one more. Just one more.
1: Just say the um, word for Maya and we'll be done. Just, yeah, I mean, we'll papaya. be a lot nicer to you if you just We're always nice We're and always supported nice. our endeavors. We're always nice. Um, I love him. I adore him, but Papaya. I mean, we all do. You you know when shit hits the fan, he's gonna grab you and run. Exactly. How? I mean, talk about someone who literally has your back. um listeners we're coming up on the end of this uh this season of uh yeah, how many netflix episodes I think do we have, have two, two i think we have two more Ooh. um and i do know that the finale is about missing children oh, so it's gonna thanks be tough. yeah thanks for that netflix <laughs> and that, that episode um, will be brought to you courtesy of
0: a lot of wing Wine.
1: Um, you can find us at Wine Times Pod on Twitter and Instagram or at our individual accounts. I am at Katie Haas and MM is at True Crime Wine 69. Um, and we'll be back next week with another episode. And uh, come pop a bottle with us. Pop a talk bottle with crime. us because
0: you needed it for this episode. I'm sure we'll need it to finish out this season.